Hey, yo, welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. My name is Josh. Hey, you know this dude over here. What's going on, folks? Happy Week 9 to all of you at home. Uh, we hope you guys are having a great season so far. Uh, Dugo, how are you feeling going into Week 9? Hey, bro, there's a couple leagues where I'm a little iffy in, but overall, I'd say I'm in a really good position to at least get in the playoffs for most of these leagues. Can I ask you a question? What's up, bro? Uh, so, you know, we spent a lot of time hyping up the season and talking about players in the summertime. Um, can you give me a guy who you've hyped up and maybe you thought had a really – was going to have a bright future this year, but they haven't? They haven't really lived up to expectations. Uh, bright future without expectations, uh, or bright future big expectations haven't performed yet this year. Basically, yeah. I'd probably go with Tank Bigsby if I'm gonna be real. He got dropped in our home league, and I thought about picking him up, but I didn't want to. That's crazy. He's not even worth the roster spot to me anymore. Not really, man. I mean, yeah, he's not really. He hasn't been giving you much value if you've been starting him at all. Yeah. I mean, he's got you, what, like one touchdown maybe week one and really hasn't done much since. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, man. Like, the guy was a second-round pick, and he just hasn't been utilized, really. And if he has been utilized, he's honestly hasn't been, you know, taking advantage of those spots. It, it kind of sucks. It does suck. Tank Bigsby is someone that we think has maybe a brighter future in, you know, the future. But right now, he's just not getting the work, and ETN is just a flat-out workhorse. Yeah, dude. I really thought that they were going to be splitting the rock. And especially that first week with Tank getting that touchdown, I really thought that I saw brighter days I had earlier. And, mm-hmm. yeah, that just hasn't happened, which is, I mean, just crazy in my opinion. I just, I don't know how I, I don't want to say I struck out on him or anything. I wouldn't call it a strikeout yet. But, yo, like. He just hasn't been getting much utilization. It's just crazy to me. I just feel like he's a very talented player. Mm-hmm. Do you think anything changes this season? Uh, no, probably not this season. I mean... Assuming ETN's healthy? Right, exactly. I would say especially with ETN being healthy. With ETN, like you say, being a workhorse this year, I my gut says probably not. I'm assuming that it'll probably be a lot of the same of what's been going on already. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you have them in redraft leagues, I would probably suggest go ahead and assuming you could go drop them for someone else who could help you make a run probably. I just would take Bigsby, dog. It's just, it's unfortunate. Who would you rather roster the rest of the season? Uh, Tank Bigsby or Leonard Fournette, who just signed with the Buffalo Bills? I mean, shit. Like, if I want to keep it a buck, like, probably Lenny, just because there's hope on the horizon with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously Tank, he's sec- still the second back on that chart, but it's just the utilization and the effectiveness is what's killing me. I mean, at least once we get playoff Lenny in the mix, I mean, one of a kind. I mean, honestly, dog. And yeah, I I honestly think that it'll end up happening just because Latavius Murray hasn't been doing much this season, and they brought him in I think to kind of spell James Cook and. I honestly don't know what James Cook has done to upset that front office and why they just won't give the guy just... Naheem Hines, they brought in Leonard Fournette. Yeah, like, Damian it's just... Harris. The man just won't... Like, he just can't get that RB1 touch roll. Like, it's crazy. I don't get it. You know, a couple things about James Cook, too, because, I mean, right now he's an RB2 for you in fantasy football. Yep. Like, he is effective. Uh, But James Cook is having a pretty all-right season. Amongst running backs this year, James Cook is 7th best in reception yards. He is 8th best amongst running backs with rushing yards. 
He's the second best running back in the NFL when it comes to yards per reception. Um, and he has an excellent line blocking ahead of him. That Buffalo Bills offensive line is ranked eighth in run blocking rate. I like James Cook. I think he's more of a third down back. But Leonard Fournette scares me more um, than it might scare a lot of y'all at home because Leonard Fournette is a pretty good pass catcher, Dugo. Yeah, I mean, obviously we saw a lot of that uh, when he was down in Tampa, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield, just being, you know, a really good swing back out there. I just, that's what I feel like James Cook is extremely good at, though, and I just hate that they're bringing someone in to come and, Mm -hmm. you know, take the role that I think he'd be best suited for. That's just the thing that I'm a little nervous about as far as James Cook's stock. I actually agree with you there. Um, Leonard Fournette was number three amongst running backs last year in total receptions. Damn. He was the third best running back at catching the ball last year. Um, he had a pretty high route participation, and Lenny's got some good hands, yo. He was number one last year in terms of catch rate. I say all these stats to kind of just emphasize what these guys are good at, which are similar things, and catching the ball. Uh, the Bills ran RPO a lot, and that's a major focal point of the offense. And I actually think Leonard Fournette, especially as we enter the wintertime, is going to be he's going to be a part of that RPO action. Yeah. He's a big body, downfield threat. A lot of goal line RPOs could happen. And I think just because of that, he's going to see time on the field. I do think that, uh, what's a good word to use? I think Leonard Fournette usurps Latavius Murray in the goal line area. And I think that Lenny is a nice RB3 for you by year end. Damn. Yeah. Um, like Lenny a lot, Dugo. And I also picked him up in our league. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Also picked up Will Levis. Uh, who had a four-touchdown game last week. Yeah, know. I didn't expect that. Did you see that game at all? I uh, didn't really see much of it, but, uh, you know, I did tune in the red zone, and the Titans really didn't get into the red zone much o- very often, but they didn't really need to because of those throws. I mean, that guy was throwing some dimes out there, and that was something I really wasn't expecting from a young Will Levis. You know who else looked good? Who? Your boy. Who? D. Henny. What? Henny looked good, man. He went out there. And I think the cool thing about Levis is he throws the ball so deep, you know, pretty often. It really allows Henny time up front closer to the line of scrimmage. It allows him more room to cook. Yeah, it just spreads out the box more. I mean, when you have someone like that, it's not like you can stack the box with eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of those things where it opens the box for D. Henny. 100%. We're talking about this a little bit where I feel like he's going to be getting a little bit more of a run now. Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, especially if you have uh, D Hop like I do in one league. You're happy with last week. Oh, dude, the guy went for three tutties. He didn't have a fucking single tutty lead into that week, and then he leaves a three with a rookie QB. I mean, yeah, dude, I was ecstatic. Hat trick. Hattie, bro. Just ha- throw the hats out on the field. That's crazy. Hell yeah. And D. Henny is somebody who I like a lot moving forward. Yeah, right dude. Now. Currently uh, running back 12. I mean,. Yep. I just feel like, well, one thing that I saw last week, I i don't know how many catches he ended up getting, but I saw that they did utilize Henny a little bit more into the pass game. I mean, it might have been a little bit more pass blocking and stuff like that, but it seemed like he was out there a little bit more often. So yep. maybe he was getting over that injury that was lingering him maybe uh, at the start of the year, and that's why they're utilizing uh, Spears more. Uh-huh. But, yo, Henny, you're not wrong. He's looking dank out there. Yeah. I just like D. Henny out there right now. He is, and he's someone I, I like a lot, once again. Uh, D. Henny's most effective when the Titans are scoring points. So I know he had a game against Cincinnati earlier this year where, you know, the Titans 
beat the fuck out of the Bengals. They won 27-3. to Yep. And in the games in which the passing game is kind of working, it's fluid, Henny eats. I like Levis a lot rest of the season, Dugo. I put in a $38 bid with a $100 fab. That's brazy. On Will Levis last night, and I got him, which was cool. Hell yeah. Uh, but I guess no one else decided to bid on him. Yeah, dude. So you kind of just wasted thirty-eight bucks. But... Yeah, basically, man. I'm not great with I'm not I'm not great with my bankroll management, man. No, you aren't. But hey, bro, as long as you get the peepers that people that you want, and if you can win some games, who really cares about your fab management? Exactly. And quick NFL question: uh, Thursday night football. Most of y'all listening at home are getting ready to watch the Thursday night football game tonight. Yeah. Steelers and Titans. Uh, Dugo, who do you think wins that game? I'm going to go with the Titans, dog. I mean, I kind of have uh, horses in both races because I got Jalen Warren, but I also have Dee Honey, who has been my ride or die for the last, like, how many years now? So definitely going to have to go with uh, Dee Honey on this one with the Titans. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? Who do you got winning? Um, I think Will Levis is going to – he's going to be a major upgrade from Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. Hell, yeah. I think he could be special. Hell yeah. Yeah, the only thing that just comes to mind is I know that the uh the Steelers had activated Casey Hayward, so the mm-hmm. defensive tackle for the Steelers, so he's going to be back. So yeah. we'll see how that goes and if the line can hold up, but yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Titans on that. Yeah, his arm is I mean, it's something special. Well, I mean, it's not even at the end of the day, I don't know if Levis is going to be the person who makes or breaks that game. I just it's going to be good that someone out there, unlike Malik Willis, in my opinion, who would, yeah, you know, ruin the game. I don't know. Like, last year we saw Malik out there, and he just didn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it's good that they actually have a backup uh, that looks semi-competent mm-hmm. and can go out there, toss the ball around with uh, zero regard, and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And you know what? I think that the... Atlanta defense is a lot better than what it looked like last week. Well, especially their D-backs as well. I mean, if you if you ever listen to the Pat McAfee show or anything like that, folks, mm-hmm. uh, when they first had uh, Arthur Smith on the show, and obviously they have Darius Butler, who is a regular on that show as well. Yes. But they were talking about their defense and how he was like, oh, yeah, so your backfield is never going to get beat. Or, you know, their D-backs are like, you have Jesse Bates back there. You have all these players who can, you know, they just are ball hawks. So you're never going to get beat deep. Yep. And that game, they got beat deep four times. So, I mean, obviously, uh, the Falcons, they are a great defense, like I said, especially their D-backs. But, yeah, they got exposed last week by a rookie. So Exactly. We'll see what happens with this uh, Steelers D, though. I mean, obviously, they have some vets Dude. back there. They have Micah Fitzpatrick, and well, they have Joey Porter Jr., the rookie um i don't know man like we'll see what happens obviously that pass rush for the steelers i think is a little bit more effective than what the falcons have so minka fitzpatrick is actually going to be out this week with a hamstring injury minka's out minka's going to be out and one of their other starting defensive backs levi wallace uh was on the injury report this week as well okay now that's important because we know Will Levis has a strong arm. Yep. And their star safety might be out the game, including and you know, Levi Wallace, who's a starting defensive back, is, you know, potentially in that bubble as well. And so Thursday night, short week, you don't really have a ton of film on the quarterback you're playing. Yep. Hey, Levis could pop something off and, you know, go out there two touchdowns, two forty five yards. If he keeps it clean, then he's a viable low end QB one. He, I think he had seven rush attempts last week. 
if he kept that pace up, he'd be fifth best in the NFL um, amongst quarterbacks when it comes to rush attempts. Mm -hmm. So we know he's mobile. We know he has physical gifts. And I think that he's going to get a little bit more run and scrambles than people are giving credit to. Uh, Once again, this matchup, I got D-Hop as a wide receiver too. Okay. I got Levis as high-end QB2, maybe low-end QB1. Uh, when it comes to guys like Kenny Pickett, he's where he normally is, QB2. Okay. Where's George Pickens, though? I mean, it just kind of depends, man. Like, I hear all these rumors about Deontay Johnson coming back, and obviously this past week I think he got, like, 14 targets or something like that, some ridiculous number. He's been cooking. But I just feel like they're missing out on Pickens, dog. Like, I just feel like at some point they're going to have to get Pickens back involved. Mm -hmm. So – this game, I'm not sure exactly. Obviously, like you said, it's a short week and everything, so it's hard to install something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities of George Pickens to see around eight targets this game. Oh, the realm of possibilities yeah. tells you that George Pickens might see eight targets this game. At least at least eight targets. I'm going to see him, and then he'll probably catch around six of those and probably get a tub for us, folks, if you're a George Pickens supplier out there. Bro, I would kill to have a George Pickens interview. Bro, George Pickens a goat. I'll fuck with GP. Hell yeah, bro. I never met George Pickens. I don't know why I just called him GP, but he just feels like a GP. Oh, he definitely is, bro. But how? what are your thoughts on George Pickens leading to this week? I mean, obviously, it seems like you're a little bit worried of him, but do you think that he's going to be effective? Um, I think if Kenny Pickett does practice, um, you know, I don't know. So we're recording this on Wednesday night, so the night before the Thursday night matchup. I'm actually pulling up Sleeper right now. Shout out to you guys, Sleeper. And we love the new stat update you guys did, too, uh, where you do, like, the averages of how well you set the lineups. Kenny Pickett looks like he's going to play Thursday. He has a rib injury. Don't know if he's going to have time to really sit back in the pocket and throw it deep. I feel like it's going to be a lot of quick releases. I think it could be another Deontay Johnson game. I like George Pickens. He's wide receiver 24 so far throughout the season. Yep. I think he's a nice mid to low end wide receiver too this week, um, but he's serviceable and he should definitely be in your lineups against the Titans. Oh yeah, I definitely think he's startable at least in your flats, at least. Mm-hmm. At least. So those are our thoughts on the Steelers Titans. I want to just run through a couple other topics with you today, Dugo. Yeah. Um, Falcons Vikings, shitty game. Probably not gonna watch it, uh, but there are some fantasy playmakers in there that there are a lot of questions about. Bijan Robinson plays the Vikings. Yep. Vikings are starting Jaron Hall. Might be a lot of three and outs there, so Bijan could get more opportunity at touches. Um, Arthur Smith's been kind of, you know, iffy on his usage the last couple of weeks. Where do you have Bijan Robinson ranked um, going into this week versus the Vikings? Well, it's kind of, I don't really have a set rank on where I would throw him, but I'd definitely say he's startable. I would definitely throw him at least within like the top 15 range. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like one thing that we saw last week against the Vikings, uh, us as Packer fans, is we really made their defense look good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that their defense has looked that good the rest of the year, and I don't think it was because they're getting all their shit together or anything like that. I think that the Packers are just kind of a shitty team right now, especially in offense. Yeah. Um. So that being said, I feel like if the Packers were to utilize their actual playmakers. That being said, I think Artie Smith will take a uh, a page out of uh, LaFleur's playbook and 
or not a page, and hopefully he will utilize his playmakers, Bijan being one of them. Um, I just feel like Bijan, we might see two touchdowns out of this cat this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with the new quarterback out there for the Falcons who, you know, he's not going to have, like, those same, you know, regards of, oh, like, you know, I just feel like Artie Smith is probably beating Ritt or something. Like, never, ever give it to London. Never, ever give it to Pitts. Mm-hmm. Never, ever give it to Bijan Robinson. I feel like Taylor Heineke, if you saw what he was able to do at the Commanders last year, which was utilize their playmakers, I don't think it's going to be any different of what he's going to be able to do this year. So I do think that Bijan's going to have a great rest of the year. I'm assuming he's going to end up as an RB1. And as far as uh, Drake London, uh, Kyle Pitts, I would assume that they probably get some sort of boost just because he has an electric arm, dude. That he arm does. is great. So With, um, with yeah. Taylor Heineke, he plays against the Vikings defense this week. And if y'all are super into fantasy and you do your deep dives on defenses and kickers who can give you slight matchup advantages, uh, the Vikings are somebody that you have looked at and that you've considered maybe adding to your roster. Shit, they might even be on the free agency in your roster or in your uh, fantasy football leagues. The Vikings defense is fourth amongst fantasy football defenses. They have been amazing this year. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL. Um, They get to the quarterback, they create turnovers, and that's worked in their favor, you know, during this last four-game run. Taylor Heineke now plays that stellar defense this week. Is Taylor Heineke a startable quarterback for you if maybe you're in bi-week trouble and you need a streamer? I mean, I don't think there should be really a lot of bi-week trouble this week, but that being said, I think that if you do need some of that, you can just plop in there and... uh. I don't see why not. I mean, I don't think it's going to be one of your last uh, regrets or anything like that. I I think that he's going to be serviceable. He'll probably get you a cool 16 or something. I don't think it's going to be anything out of the ordinary. But, uh, yeah, like if you just need someone that you can stream as quarterback, I'm definitely comfortable with Taylor Heineke, a player who is a veteran and has been in that system for the full year. I would much rather have him than – Jaron Hall or Josh Dobbs, whoever ends up starting. <laughs> they uh, both suck, dude. Yeah, so I would they I'm both their ass. Definitely going with Taylor Heineke on that, dog. hundred percent. And let me I would even I would even say I would go Taylor Heineke over uh Deshaun Watson or PJ Walker, whoever ends up starting for the Browns, if I'm gonna be honest. If if that's even a thought on your guys' radar. Taylor Heineke versus the Vikings or Derek Carr versus the Bears? Uh, Derek Carr versus the Bears. Okay. More weapons? Uh, just a shittier defense, in my opinion. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, so let's talk about a shitty defense that just got a lot shittier, though. Okay. I want to talk about the Commanders' defense and them selling off their defensive ends quick. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, both gone? Dog, I just feel like if you guys ever see that your running backs are playing against the Commanders... It's an automatic start. I don't care, like, if they're even, like, your second-string running back or they're a second-string on their team. Like, these players need to start getting played because I feel like that line isn't going to be able to hold up the way it has been uh, because they have been a relatively decent run-stopping team. But losing those two beasts, it's going to be hard to overcome. And so if you guys ever see that you have those matchups, so, I mean... Honestly, these are some of the teams that they're going to be playing coming up. The Patriots, Seahawks, Giants, Cowboys, Miami. Then they have their bye week. But then it's going to be the Rams, Jets, 49ers for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. 
And then they end with uh, Dallas Cowboys if you guys play 18 weeks. Um, Listen. But, dog, like, just take advantage of those matchups. This is the time of the year where you're able to see, like, who is a liability. Like, if you ever play the Packers defense and you have their wide receivers, play those motherfuckers. They have no one on their defense or for their defensive backs at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the commanders right now at cornerback aren't getting much help either. No. So you eliminate... Montez Sweat and Chase Young, they're two defensive ends. They have Emmanuel Forbes, first-year rookie, who's kind of struggling. Yep. This is a great... St. Juice, who always gets those PIs, it seems like. Running backs might have a little bit, especially like those shiftier running backs who play in zone offenses. I think they're going to have a lot more space to eat. But I also like deep threats against this team. Right. Because you're talking about a lack of pass rush now. And you're talking about, like, subpar cornerbacks. The quarterback's going to be able to sit back in the pocket, enjoy his time there, scope out a guy when he gets open, and hit him deep. So some deep threats who play the commanders um, are going to be, you know, Tyler Lockett next week. Uh, you got Brandon Cooks in week 12. That's going to be a big game before the playoffs. Oh, shit. You didn't see Lamb going against some dog? Jalen Hyatt with the Giants week 11. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle come to town with the Miami Dolphins. And, dog, don't forget about that, but A-Chain's going to be back for you. A lot of deep work and a lot of big plays are going to happen against this defense. We're calling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward, though, speaking of uh, the Dolphins, I want to talk about the Dolphins and the Chiefs game that's going to happen at 830 Ooh. in the morning. Fuck you, NFL. Yeah, what a shitty game. Why play. would you put... I get it. I get it. Like, as a marketing standpoint, it's great to have that sort of game overseas for a community who obviously doesn't get to see football live that often. And the first year being in Frankfurt, Germany, I think it's going to be like, oh, well, like, like straight up, dog. I really think that... Uh, once the NFL does go overseas, I think that Frankfurt's going to be one of the places that they go to. You think so? Yeah. With so, the Jaguars? Probably not the Jaguars. I mean, like, I feel like that's going to probably be their UK uh, hub. I mean, like, if you just know anything about the Khan family, they're from uh, England, I believe. So I just feel like that would probably make the most sense. But once you start going down the line and stuff, like, it's just one of those things to where, like, I don't know, like, Germany is just so passionate about their sports and everything. They've shown a lot of passion about football. So I just feel like, especially these two teams, I mean, just how power, like, heavy they are, I think it's going to be a great experience for those fans over there. So I get it from a marketing standpoint. I really do. Mm-hmm. If we get an expansion team named the Berlin Bobcats, I'm not watching the NFL no more. I don't, I don't think it'll go to Berlin. I don't think so. I I I feel like they'll probably just stay like Munich and Frankfurt. I don't know. Maybe not Berlin. I don't mm-hmm. know. Okay. Well, back to football, I guess, or I guess back to fantasy. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes versus Tua, two top five quarterbacks. Who yeah. comes out on top? Who do you think has a better performance this week? I'm gonna go with Tua. Okay. I'm gonna go with Tua just because I feel like the the Dolphins defense I think is gonna be the X factor in this one. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just feel like with having Jalen Ramsey back, and I mean, we've talked about the lack of talent on the Chiefs uh, wide receiver end as well. And obviously they have Rasheed Rice, who we're extremely high on. They also have MVS. They have Travis Kelsey. But, I mean, if you start to look at that Dolphins defense, like it's starting to get kind of scary. So mm-hmm. I just, I like that. I feel like the defense is going to be the extractor in this one. And just, when you look at the Dolphins' offense, like 
it's hard to keep up with them. So even like if the Chiefs don't score like four like four drives, three drives, like you're still probably gonna lose. Yeah. Like, like the Dolphins just don't leave points out on the board. Well, I, on the field. So I think Mahomes is gonna come out on top. And what? I think the reason I say that too, bitch, dude, you're a bitch, bitch. Uh, Mahomes is gonna come out on top because he plays an easier defense. The Dolphins' defense is not as good as what the Chiefs have. Bullshit. And, I mean, Mahomes, even with all that being said, has averaged a little bit more points uh, per game than Tua. If you guys play, you know, in five, six-point touchdown ranges, Mahomes is averaging about half a point more than Tua so far throughout the season. Now, the big difference between the two is that the Dolphins on Sleeper are what you would see as like a dark green matchup. This is a cake matchup. This is somebody you want to start your quarterback you know, uh, against when it comes to defenses. The Chiefs are, they're kind of middle of the road. They're not terrible, but them just being middle of the road is an improvement. Um, I think Mahomes is going to make something happen. Tua has more weapons. Mahomes has more arm power, more arm strength, and more arm talent. And I think Mahomes against one of the worst pass defenses, especially after they lost to Denver last week, he might have a fucking game. This might be a Mahomes, like he's Jordan of the NFL right now. This is all just, you know, what I think he's going to do. But I could easily see Mahomes going out there and having a statement game. Um, and I feel like it's going to be two a statement game. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. Well, I just feel like you try to say, like, oh, like, obviously, you know, Patty Mahomes, he's unreal and everything, right? I just feel like there's a couple things that just aren't on their side. Like, I feel like, sure, you can say, like, you think that their defense is a little bit better, but that defense is also extremely beat up as well. Like, I think that they're missing uh, Nick Bolton, who is their starting linebacker, um, just to start with. Nonetheless, like, I just feel like the the defense that the Chiefs have, I just don't think can keep up with the Dolphins. I just don't think so. They're fat. You don't think the Chiefs hit them in the mouth throughout the game? No, I don't. Run I mean, downhill with some Isaiah Pacheco here and there? Sure, you can do that, but... When you start to look at that Dolphins defense, I mean, I just feel like they have all the ability to be able to key on that, and they're also able to keep their defensive backs keyed on their receivers. You, you can play man with them, mm-hmm. and I just feel like it might lead to some opportunities, obviously. Like, I'm not saying that this is going to be a low-scoring affair by any means, mm-hmm. but I just feel like the Dolphins are going to be able to get more turnovers. They're going to be able to just affect the game a little bit more. Yeah. So that's just how I see it going through. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this might be a potential AFC championship preview. It definitely could be. Definitely Dolphins could be. and Chiefs, two teams that, you know, we know have loads of offensive talent. I think right now the Chiefs have, like, a 50-point, like, 9% chance to beat the Dolphins, according to, like, the books. 50.9. Well, that's hey, not a specific number. To the fucking team. But I think that this is a game in which the Dolphins do need to win. If we're basing this just off energy, I got to go Dolphins. But if we're just looking at analytics and numbers, everything points to the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, is he guaranteed for a touchdown this week? Yeah. Make Same. it two. Uh, Travis make Kelsey? Honestly, you might as well make it three. I'd bet two. I'd bet two. Uh, Kelsey, I probably, says, I probably think Kelsey gets one. Okay. I could see Kelsey getting one. I see Kelsey getting one, Hill getting one, Pacheco getting one. I could definitely see Hill getting a hat trick, dog. I could definitely see it against his former team. Hey, if it happens, you heard it here first. Yep. 
Uh, moving forward with the episode, I want to go ahead and talk about just a couple guys might need replacements for. Huh? Darren Waller is the first one. Hammy. Yep. Looks like he's going to miss this week with uh, the Giants versus his former team and the Raiders. Yep. I mean, who are you subbing in if you have a Darren Waller at tight end and, you know, you need a replacement? Well, I mean, it kind of just depends on who you have available in your leagues. But the people who come to mind right away for me who might be available for you, uh, I'd probably go with Johnny Smith for the Falcons. Um, I, I think they're playing this week. They are. They yeah. play the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, we are already talking about that. Yeah, I would obviously go with Johnny. He's probably going to be available. Uh, Luke Musgrave for the Packers. I just feel like at some point they got to start to get him more involved, and getting involved usually means more points. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I'd say Cade Otten for okay. the Buccaneers going against the Texans this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just one of those things. I mean, they have some pretty decent cornerbacks. Their uh, linebacking court isn't the greatest, so I just feel like he might be able to take advantage of that. Right, and some other injuries that we have are going to be Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeesh. Guy who's tossing the rock to Jordan Addison. Uh, do you have any streamers in mind for somebody who might have had Kirk Cousins and needs help at quarterback now? I mean, it's going to be like, it's not going to be the good, the best things in the world, guy. I mean, like, there's there's not a lot of great people who are available out there, but if you just need someone to throw in, uh, check to see if Derek Carr is available. I mean, he's rostered in 58% of leagues, I believe. Uh, I also really like Gardner Minshew. I just feel like they have some pretty good targets over there. And, you know, he's going to be fully integrated into that offense, being on their stake for a year over in Philadelphia. And then, obviously, being able to be the backup here in Philly. Or, I'm sorry, in Indianapolis, I think uh, he has a pretty good grip on that offense. Like I said, good weapons as well. And secondly, I mean, Taylor Heineke, I mean, like I said, I just think uh, he's going to be able to toss the ball around a little bit. I feel like he's going to be able to utilize Drake London and Kyle Pitts uh, like we haven't seen before. It's going to be kind of crazy. Hopefully you guys aren't super high on London. I'm not, but we might see some shit coming from him. Mm-hmm. Um, And lastly, I mean, if if you guys need someone other than that, maybe Kenny Pickett. I mean, he has some rushing upside, so he might get lucky a few games where he'll get you five, six points on the run. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you guys need some, you know, someone just to stream going forward with the, you know, I'm not sure if Stafford's going to be out at all, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be having much of a viable replacement or out very long at all. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that John Wolford is going to start if necessary. Um, or Brett Rippin, I thought it was. It didn't even seem like they were going to even bring him. Like start him. It seems like it was gonna be John Wolford if I uh saw it, or if I heard correctly, but I could be wrong. That's disrespectful to Brett Rippin. Yeah, bro. Like I honestly thought they're gonna bring another motherfucker off a of practice squad and uh, Rippin gotta go square up with McVay. I would. I straight up would if I was him. Hey, Rippin's six two too. He might actually have a chance, bro. He might, I think McVay is like five ten. Hey, bro. I bet McVay get those gut punches though. I bet he punch you right in hey, the ass. A motherfucker and... named Rippin be ripping punches, bro. Hey, bro. Maybe. You think that's the only thing he's ripping? Nah, you're probably ripping some dabs. He's, he lives in Los Angeles, so it's legal. Facts. But what about you, dog? You got any, uh, do you have anyone that I might have missed from those QBs? I mean, you kind of nailed it on the head, Dugo. Um, if Derek Carr is available, he's my number one guy. Right. He plays the Bears. He has Rashid Shahid, Chris Olave, and Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara to throw to. Yup. Uh, outside of Derek Carr, I like Mac Jones, of all people, this week. Nah. I like Mike Jones, and the reason I say I like Mike Jones is because he's been showing out these last couple of weeks to go. 
Um, against the Miami Dolphins, he has two touchdowns. Against the Buffalo Bills off, off defense, he has two touchdowns. Sorry, that should have been defense for Miami as well. Uh, but Mac Jones, over these last couple of weeks, has completed about 44 passes on 59 attempts. He has four touchdowns with only one interception. And we just got done talking about how the Washington Commanders lost two of their best pass rushers. And, you know, Emmanuel Forbes is struggling. He's a guy who's going to be able to sit in the pocket. And in a Bill O'Brien offense, he's going to be able to basically just do what he wants. Take take the open pass. And um, ultimately, I think Mac Jones could be a pretty solid streaming option. Daniel Jones gets back this week, too. Yep. Against the Raiders. And Daniel Jones, first week back, I kind of want to see what's what's going on. Uh, there's word on the street that says that he's going to have both of his offensive tackles back and healthy. So Andrew Thomas, um, guys like that. And ultimately, I think that uh, Daniel Jones with his rushing upside could get you a solid 14 to 16 points uh, week one if you really need it. Gardner Minshew plays the Panthers. He's averaged about 26 fantasy points these last two weeks. The Panthers are a really hard matchup for quarterbacks. He's probably fourth on my list. Uh, but if I had to rank it, Derek, Derek Carr is my first option if available. After that, I'm going Mac Jones. After that, give me give me Gardner Minshew. Give me Gardner Minshew, and my fourth option would actually be uh, Daniel Jones. Okay. So if you're missing a Matthew Stafford, if you're missing a Kirk Cousins, these are guys who might be able to stop in, step in for you. For real. You like Josh Dobbs in Minnesota moving forward for fantasy? Not for fantasy, no. Like, I feel like he might be able to be a game manager, but it's just... From everything that I've heard, it seems like it's hard to kind of adapt to that offense. Uh, obviously, he's a rocket scientist, so it shouldn't be super hard. We'll talk about it. I mean, it's just all, like, the different terms and everything. I just, I mean, he's been in a Kevin uh, Stefanski offense, which I believe is kind of a play off of that because I think he came from the, what the hell, uh, Sean McVay tree as well, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Stefanski or Dobbs? Stefanski. Oh, yeah. Yes. He runs like a zone type of, like a, yeah. Right. And so he spent the last couple of years, I believe, Dobbs that being in um, Cleveland under Stefanski with the Browns. So he might have some recollection of that, but I just feel like all the terms and all that stuff is going to be different. Uh, but as long as he can learn that, I think he can learn the offense. So it's going to be one of those things. I just feel like with Kevin O'Connell, It'll be one of those things to where, like I said, the verbiage terms, stuff like that, is probably going to be the hardest thing to get over uh, because other than that, you're just out there playing ball. Yeah, and O'Connell and Stefanski run similar offenses, so it shouldn't be too much of an adjustment. It's basically zone read. Coming from, you know, the Cardinals, once again, I mean, it's similar tree. That zone shit is taking over the NFL. It feels like every new NFL coach comes from that Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, uh, Matt LaFleur, you know, Mike Not even Daniels. Matt. Don't, don't put Matt LaFleur in there because he ain't done shit for that. Bro, can we talk about the Packers for a second? Yeah, of course. Can we talk about how bad they look? They They don't look good at all. And can we also talk about the fact how they have one of the youngest rosters in the NFL? And for whatever reason, they didn't bring in a single veteran for the quarterback room or the wide receiver room. Well, dog, like, this was some of the stuff I was saying at the beginning of the year that just didn't make sense to be a competitive team. Like, obviously, you can depend on youth to take you forward and everything. But for here in the now, like, it was completely ridiculous to even have either of those things happen. Not have a veteran in the wide receiver room or in the quarterback room is beyond me. Yeah. 
it's just one of those things to where it was just bad management on both ends. Like you can say, oh, is that a LaFleur problem or is that a Goody problem? Obviously, if you know anything about the Packers, I'm assuming Matt LaFleur had a little bit of help uh, building this roster yep. a little bit. Yep. And they just fucked up somewhere. They obviously they just were like, oh, like we're going to keep trading all these pieces. And then they're like, oh, wait, we just don't have any pieces left. The Packers are kids leading kids against grown men. Right, it's like if you and the boys at ten years old went on the playground, there was a bunch of grown ass motherfuckers on the court playing basketball, and y'all tried to go press them. What do you think is gonna happen to all you and your small ass homies when you go and you know what I'm saying, like well, square up against big real like motherfuckers? You well, know what I'm saying, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go stomp some heads. You know, I'm gonna go stomp. Dugo said he's going to the trunk. Dugo's <laughs> <laughs> going to the trunk. But no, man, it's it's it's. I mean, yeah, it's par for the course. We're a really young team. And right now, we don't have a ton of veteran leadership. I think Jair Alexander and Aaron Jones are, like, our two leaders who we can actually follow in the war. And Aaron Jones has been hurt a lot of the year. And Jair almost damn near seems checked out. So it's one of those things to where, okay, now Jordan Love is trying to learn leadership from a source that doesn't really exist. And these receivers are trying to learn how to play receiver at the NFL level. And they're relying on second-year guys like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson to show them the way. Those motherfuckers just got good at NFL football like two weeks before the year ended last year. Dog, like I said, it's just a lot of mismanagement. It's really bad. Like, at a certain point, it's just like, dog, you need to have a couple better. It's like bringing on a team of new sales reps and you don't have one veteran sales rep to show these motherfuckers how how the ropes work. You don't have one motherfucker to show people how to log calls. And it's just a bunch of kids teaching kids, a bunch of new hires teaching new hires, you know? Yeah, it's... but you're you're one of the ones that were uh, saying we should trade Rodgers, so I guess. I was, and I stand I by guess... that, too, because we, oh. well, Dugo, we still sucked last year with Rodgers. It wasn't better with Rod. It's not like we made the playoffs or made a push last season. We made a push last season. It came into the final game to lose out on the wild card spot. Yeah. That's fair. We did make a push towards the end of the season. But ultimately, I mean, we still missed the playoffs. Like, we aren't too far off from that. What do you mean we aren't too far off from that? We, we're we going to miss the playoffs and then some. We're going to be a top five pick this year. Did we win, like, eight games last year? Seven? I think it was uh eight and nine, I believe. If we go six and 11 this year, is that too far off? Uh, Yeah, because I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we we just keep getting worse, and you think that we're going to end up winning an extra four games somehow? Well, there's ten more to play. Yeah, yeah we, we can win 40% of the next games. So we've played through nine so far and won two of them, and you just think somehow we're going to turn it up somehow. I, I, I'm hoping that is true, but I don't see that happening. I would hope so. I would hope so. Especially with the loss of Rasul Douglas, one of our key defensive backs, when we already have a not-so-great defense. We're just going to be out there throwing out rookies that have very low capital in them. Like, it's going to be one of those things, dog. It's not going to look great. Hey, we got Bears, Panthers, Giants, Bucks, Vikings with Jaron Hall. We got opportunity out there. We got yeah, Kenny skipped, Pickett. You, you skipped a few people in there. I did. On skip, purpose. Yep. 100%. Yep. yep. Uh, but moving forward, I think the Packers, I mean, they're not going to be great this year. Goot came out and said that Jordan Love basically has to prove himself over these last 10 games. I think he's going to do it. I think Aaron Rodgers went 6-10 and 10 his first year in the NFL and ended up being one of the best quarterbacks in Packer history. 
if Love comes in year one and he wins six games, maybe even seven, Goot, who was around for the Packer era, is gonna keep Love on the roster. And like I, I get that, dog, but this it's year, another year. The sheer fact that we're through nine games, we've already gotten through our bye week, and we're all we're still just non-existent. We have zero identity. I just don't think that that's gonna happen. Where we're gonna win another four or five games, I think that it's it's naive to think so. You think Joe Barry's back next year? No, I, if you're gonna ask, if I'm gonna be completely honest, I don't know if any of the coaching staff is gonna be there next year. At least if I'm Brian Gutenkunst and I'm gonna have to go to all those summer meetings and think about all this shit where all these people are getting better, mm-hmm. all these offenses are, you know, obviously high octane, and then I look at mine and. You have no chance against the Lions. They're more physical than you, and they're a better finesse team than you are. They're better at everything. Right, exactly. So I, I feel like I have to look inside of myself and just think, does this make sense? And I'm sorry, but if you look at Matt LaFour's track record before he came to the Packers, and yes, he was only an offensive coordinator there, or offensive coordinator before. but A bad one at that. He was never in the top 10. He was never top 15 even. Titans' offense was not elite when he was there. Like, he wasn't an elite OC. He just came from the McVay and Shanahan tree, so he got clout. Exactly. I just think it was one of those things where they were just trying to get one of those new, uh, one of the young guys that they thought could just take him over the edge that came from the McVay tree. And unfortunately, it wasn't that. Dude, you know what I'll be honest about, too? What's up? I kind of miss Rodgers. Bro, that's what I'd be saying. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I thought Rodgers could have handled a lot of stuff in the media just a little bit better. Like, I felt like he put our young guys, I won't say in tough predictions because they're, they're, at the end of the day, they're men. They're grown men. But I felt as if he brought a lot of bullshit to the franchise and to the team that didn't need to be there. Um, I I feel like that's the outside looking in. I feel like if you're the inside looking out, you didn't think that at all. Like, I felt like you knew what was going on. You knew what Rodgers was saying. Like, it was one of those things where I feel like as fans, as, you know, people who try to take a little bit more accountability into this, I feel like it was one of those things where, like, you want the organization to always look picture perfect and never have any scuffs or anything. But, I mean, this is just kind of what happens. Like, I mean, obviously, it's one of those things to where you don't want to have a so-called drama queen or whatever you want to say about the guy. Mm -hmm. But... He covered up a lot of holes. I'll always admit that. He covered up a lot of holes on this LaFleur team. Well, he did that, and I also think that it gave the team at least a little bit of a sense of normalcy as well. Like They had somebody to rely on. Exactly. They had leader. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think Rodgers is Brady or Mahomes or any of these guys when it comes to, you know, just um, being like that stereotypical leader. But I do think that his presence makes people, like, hold their back straight. And, you know, people are always on their A game. Makes you hold the line. He's on the A game. And it's more so because of the level of respect with his talent. Right. On this current Packer team, they don't have veterans to teach guys the way. There's no one on that team that is more talented than Aaron Rodgers at football. The next two are Jair Alexander and Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones isn't available due to injury. And Jair Alexander is basically checked out. Right. And those, like, I don't care who talks the most. I don't care what motherfuckers, you know, do whenever, whatever they do, like, in the background. But they go as their best players go. Any team goes as their best players go. 
and both those guys just haven't really gone yet. Right, and you it know? doesn't help that I would say another person who should be in that mix is David Bakhtiari. And Not available. Never, never available. Never available. And I it's think like, he's gone next year. I hope he gets better, and I can understand he has an injury I hopefully never have to deal with, but it's been bad, man. Like, I don't... This feels like something that should have been diagnosed years ago. And with the NFL's level of, like, medical and, you know, what they have access to, this does not feel like it should have dragged on as long as it's dragged on. It shouldn't have, no. They have too much at their disposal for this to be an issue three years later. Right, exactly. I mean, if if you thought it was some sort of cartilage issue and you had to wait how many months for it to be confirmed, then I think that that's just negligence. You have one of the richest companies in the world, and with no owner, no one could have told you shit about this years ago. And like you, like the Packers, as conservative as they are, like they're not an aggressive team. They don't really force anything. Exactly. So, so you're not going to force a guy to come back early. You're not going to do this or that. They never do that. And, I mean, from what I know as a fan. But yeah, man, it's just like something's just weird. Um. It might be just a money scheme for the Bakhtiaris. It might just be that. I wouldn't say that because I don't know the man's injury, but it does. It it looks away, and it's going to look worse if he ends up on the Jets next year with Rodgers. Man was just making 34 mil a year just to sit on his ass. Yeah. Kind of sick. But, hey, let's talk about some other shit. What else you got going on? Uh, Streamers this week. So we talked about all the injuries. And actually, before we hit there, I want to talk about Jordan Addison, Puka Nakua, and Cooper Cup, who are all affected by the Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford injuries. Okay. Uh, Jordan Addison, he's been a dog. You have him in Dynasty. You know what he's been doing on the field. Yep. What do you feel like his production is going to be with a guy like Josh Dobbs moving forward? It's going to slide. How much? Uh, So I think the last couple of weeks, I'd say he's probably been, or at least since, uh, let's say, since Justin Jefferson's been out, I'd say Jordan Addison's probably been at least like a wide receiver 20 type pace. What does he know? I'd probably say around wide receiver 35, at least. Damn. Bro, like, if I just look at all the receivers that were on the Cardinals, the only person that I ever, I mean, like, there was obviously a couple of them. Like, we had one week where Michael Wilson went off. We had one week where uh, Rondale Moore went off. And uh, Hollywood Brown, you can call it what it is. He's had at least, like, a decent season. But, like, that's pretty much about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Trey McBride had a really good game last week, and so I think that, you know, Hawkinson might have some sort of, not necessarily bump, but I think that Hawkinson might not lose as much value, but pretty much everyone else, like, I think they slide at least a couple slots at least. Yo, Jordan Addison is wide receiver 10 in fantasy football right now, today. Yo, I dropped that motherfucker. Outside of Puka Nakua, he is far and away the best rookie receiver. Well, I would say far and away. He's far and away, at least in terms of production. We all knew Jordan Addison was going to be good his first year. I would say far and away. I mean... Bro, he's second in the league in touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think is helping him. But, I mean, he doesn't have, like, all the yardage in the world. He doesn't have all the receptions in the world. All I'm saying is, yeah, like, the touchdowns have been helping him a lot more than I feel like... They have. So, nonetheless, like, it's awesome, and I mean... He has seven seven touchdowns in eight weeks. And obviously, it takes a lot of skill to do that, right? So, I'm not trying to shit on the guy. I'm just saying that from a skill point of just being a wide receiver, I think it's a little much saying that he 
you know, the second best. I mean, maybe. from a skill or from a point standpoint, maybe. But, I mean, if you look at Zay Flowers, if you look at Josh Downs. Holy shit, dude. Like, those guys are dank. Like, yep. those guys are just right outside the top 30 bubble. Like, both those guys are dank. Like, let's not leave those guys out. Because it's, it's not far and away. It's not far and away. Dude, Demon has uh, Jordan Addison in our home league. Yeah. And Jordan Addison's wide receiver 10 and he's, he's just been cooking. Yeah. Like, Demon has uh, Jordan Addison and Jalen Hurts. And I'm low-key kind of geeked at Jaron Hall's in. Because now I actually have a chance to beat him. I think yeah, dude, that's kind of sick, honestly. He has a pretty good team, and I'm always happy when the good teams get worse. Yeah. I played Schulte this week. What? Uh, Schulte's first in our league, I think, and win-loss. And I'm pretty excited because I'm about to go off. I picked up a couple free agents that I'm going to have some surprise starts on Sunday. Um, A guy I like who is not getting enough coverage, Darrington Evans, running back for the Bears. What? He's been all right. He's been all right. He's a PPR beast. I don't really think he's going to do too much this week, but somebody to keep an eye on moving forward, Deep League Stash. No, I get that too because I think it must have been either the week before or the week of, but when uh, Deontay Foreman had that hat trick, yeah, I think Darrington Evans still also had, like I think, like 10 catches or something. I was just pissed off because I was like, <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing taking my Dude, points away? And Dude, it was yeah. just some shit. Like, it was just like, you know, just under the radar, just like, wait, like, what the fuck? Yep. But, no, I, I, I don't think that's a terrible stash or anything. I mean, especially with it's all the injuries. It's a super, super deep league stash. Yeah, I mean... Definitely one of those things to where if an injury were to happen and shit, dude, like if if the Bears running backs keep getting hurt, then obviously you're going to walk yourself into a or a running back one there. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of a, it's definitely a deep league stash, though. But I like it. I will say I like it. Yo, uh, Puka Nakua, week you know, nine. I, be honest. I'm going to be honest about the Rams, dude. I don't think that Matt Stafford's going to sit. I think he's going to play. Yeah. I, so, like, all the stuff, like, they might see like a little bit of fall off. Cooper Cup, Puka, Tutu Atwell, even like they might see like a little bit of a fall off this week, just mm-hmm. because they might just be running the ball a lot more because the Packers have not a great defense and you can take advantage of that. Twenty minutes ago, we just talked about how bad their DBs were. So yeah, like I'm just gonna say right now, I think they're gonna take advantage of the run early, and then just rip us apart through the air the rest of the game and. They might start with the air attack early. I mean, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Like I said, this team isn't very good, and the Rams can take advantage of it because they have such a good coach who understands that. As two motherfuckers from Wisconsin who watch the Packers, you know, every Sunday, the Packers are a bad defense. They play bad coverage. They play you 10 yards deep on third and five. And guys like Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are going to have their way if they have Matthew Stafford available. And unfortunately, at offense, they're as predictable as can be. Like, you could probably just go through the offense. A lot of three and outs in the first half. You could guess, is this a run or a pass, run or pass? And, and if you did 50 cents per play, you'd probably walk out of there with probably around like 25 bucks. The Packers suck in the first half has been a popular stat. And if that continues into this Rams game, then Matthew Stafford, Pukunuku, and Cooper Cup are going to have a lot more opportunities to cook against, you know, soft coverage. And it's not the first time that Matt Stafford has cooked soft coverage against the Packers before. And Matthew Stafford knows the Packers. He knows. Well, I mean, it's a different scheme, different system. Yeah. I don't think Barry was there two years ago. No, he wasn't. 
or he might have this might have been his third year it might have been his third year maybe but nonetheless like it's one of those things that not much has changed from barry like he's still fucking ass are is Pukunakua startable this week 100 percent. just keep starting the players that you have like other than maybe i don't want to say like other than maybe hawkinson because i think he's still gonna end up being like a top 10 tight end but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough it will if you play dfs are you drafting Cooper Cup first round of your DFS draft? Probably not this week. Probably not this week just because on the off chance that they do need to, that the Rams are going to be starting someone else, I would at least rather have a wide receiver who's going to have his quarterback. Yep. So probably not first round. I'd probably be able to sit on that one and probably be okay with it. Okay. But, I mean, like if you were to say, you know, like second round, 100%, but is he going to be around then? Is he going to be around is the question. Right. So I would say you're probably okay on that just because, I mean, if you have a chance at like Jamar Chase or something like that, who I would say is probably going to be more effective, um, I would go for that 100%. Quick question. I never touched on it when we talked about the Vikings. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, what's good with TJ Hawkinson with Jaron Hall? I think that we're going to see a lot of checkdowns with this offense, especially the first week. And, I mean, if you have Hawkinson, if you have, you know, Jordan Addison – I think that you're going to probably see not necessarily the same production by any means. I think that both of those guys might see 10 points this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those guys are probably going to get a touchdown, not both. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, like, I think it's going to be one of those things to where it's going to be okay. You're still going to be able to start TJ Hawkinson regardless. He's just a beast. Um, But... Like I said, like I'm just a worry wor- I'm a little worried starting him just because of a new starter like that. But I mean, obviously at the end of the day, when you look at the rest of the tight end options, he's going to be your best option regardless of who the quarterback is. Okay. Last question for you today. Uh Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Cowboys, has been going crazy the last two games. Yeah, didn't you just drop him? I dropped him right before week six. And then week six he was QB one, twenty one completions. Uh, he had a touchdown through the air. Dang, that must suck. Touchdown on the ground. Honestly, it wasn't that crazy of a performance, but he's been QB1 and QB3 the last two weeks. QB... <laughs> he was QB3 with 11 more points than what he scored in week six. Hell yeah. So that tells you all you need to know about how any week could be your week in the NFL. Yeah. Dak Prescott moving forward. He has a pretty easy matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. That's going to be a big game. Uh, where do you view Dak Prescott moving forward rest of season? QB1, high-end, mid-end, low-end? Yeah, I think you could just count him in as a top-10 quarterback. Just count him in as that. I mean, there's a lot of points that get shaved from the top, obviously, when you have people like Lamar Jackson and uh, Jalen Hurts, the guys who rush. But I would say that I could definitely put Dak in my top-10 going forward, and I think I'd be correct on that. Dude, Patty tried to tell me how dang Brian Robinson was. Bro, I've been trying to tell you that. From the Commanders? I've been trying to tell you that. Dude, he's been pretty mid for like the last month. Uh... Yeah, like the last month. But like before that, dog, like I still think that he has all the possibilities to keep being a stud this year. Like I really do. Like I still think that this guy is going to end up as a top 20 running back at the end of the year. I think that week two game against Denver where he had two touchdowns, he finished his RB1 that week with 27 points. That was a pretty solid week. Solid. But he's been like a low-end RB2 since. 
Um, so yeah, I was right about Brian Robinson. He's me, dude. I love Colin Malquette, yeah. Free Antonio Gibson. Uh, but we love you guys. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and click that follow button or the subscribe option, depending on what platform you're on. It lets us know that you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll, you know, produce more like it. Uh, but until we meet again, my name is Ja. Hey, you know, let's do go over here. Appreciate y'all tapping in with those head tops. We'll catch you guys next week. Good luck in this one. And uh, remember, if your friends ever have questions about fantasy, tell them to go to Gumbo. Peace.